and let Spencer do his trick Cause you're incapable hands. Thank you TJ Grennan Hello and welcome to Keep Off The Borderlands My name's Spencer, also known as Free Thrall I've managed to wangle this evening off That sounded a lot more unsavoury than I'd intended um, But I was intending to play in a session of the Black Hack Run by Dave Aldridge of Deeper Centile Unfortunately, Dave's not feeling too well at the moment. I hope you get well soon. So I appear to be at something of a loose end. I figured may as well record a podcast. So without further ado, Dave, this one's for you. Hi Spencer, enjoying listening to your episode on levelling. I think it's the second one. I'm just calling in after Spike Pitt's contribution there. You probably cover this at some point, but with all of these discussions, if you look around long enough, you normally find someone who's thought through these things uh, ahead of us. And what Colin describes, that kind of having player-facing goals, which then have a a way-staged program of experience awards, is exactly what Clinton Nixon does back in the day in the shadow of yesterday, which I believe at the time we used to call an indie game. (laughs) But if you get hold of those, you'll find he's got his secrets and keys. And keys were player-specific motivations. They had a load of examples in the book, but I think you were encouraged to design your own. And these were the, the, the player's goals, sorry, the character's goals. And when you hit the first stage or you hit some part of it that you could do regularly, you got one point, I think. And then there was a major target that would give you three points. Three points, say. I haven't got the figures right. I'm not looking at it. I haven't got it in front of me. I might, I might be mixing up secrets and keys as well. I think they were slightly different. But let's say, you know, the important thing about those first two is, as I remember, they were repeatable. So these were things that tied to your overall player motivation that you might be able to do again and again. You know, I don't know, doing it crudely, defend an innocent person or something. But then you had your, I think it was a 10-point XP reward. And that came when you, when you basically resolved that plot line for the character. And after that, you were encouraged to write a new one. I think at various points you could say that your character had transformed so you could buy them off and create new ones. But there is an example of where somebody, I think, has, has thought through exactly what Collins suggested and tried to, tried to tie that directly into the game design and to the way uh, experience was awarded. So that's Clinton R. Nixon, The Shadow of Yesterday. Well worth a look. Uh, thanks, Dave. Yes, I do have that on PDF, unsurprisingly. And I was taking a look at it. And it seems it came out around 2006 or something. You say, I don't know if there was earlier iterations of that, but if you're saying 2006 is back in the day, you're making me feel extremely old. I mean, I realise it was 14 years ago, but, well, let's just put that aside for one moment. But I was, yes, I was looking into this idea of keys and uh, what, I particularly liked was players are encouraged to create conflicting keys. I think it suggests the idea of having a key of conscience, but also having a key of bloodlust, which are essentially like traits, if I if I understand this right. And the GM 
essentially provides or decides beforehand which particular moments of an adventure are the key scenes, the sort of optimum moments for the characters to invoke their keys, their traits. But one thing I did notice was that it suggested that this is something done in Warhammer Fantasy role-playing. I've never played Warhammer. Back in the day, I only ever leafed through the first edition rulebook. So I'm not too familiar with that, but um, whether anyone else can shed some light on that. Also, here's a thing for you, listening to you talk about growth. I absolutely buy what McDowell is saying about growth, but, um, but actually that is very old school. If you think about it, in the old school games, you, you levelling up doesn't do much for you, and change of the characters really happens when they pick up that important magical item, oddity, <laughs> or where they undergo some bizarre transformation as a result of an encounter with some magic force item or entity, Scar. So, so actually, the ways that your character becomes distinct, really distinct in old school games, are through exactly the kind of growth processes that McDowell is describing there. But the problem is that growth doesn't motivate. Growth doesn't motivate characters. Characters don't adventure for growth they don't go down into those dungeons in order to get scars in order to have those fights in which they learn how to rip out a fight uh, sorry a heart what motivates them of course is paying off their debt <laughs> that's what you've got in bastion land you've got this debt that's what forces you down into the dungeons so you've got those two factors you've got your characters become more distinctive through a process of growth which they don't control it's about something that befalls them uh, which they can't foresee and which they're not looking for they don't want but then you've got the motivation to go down which is paying off the debt now actually that 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 maps to your old school beautifully characters become really distinct the level advancements don't do very much they become really distinct as i say by picking up those items or undergoing those bizarre transformations but what motivates them is the xp which is linked to cash <laughs> so actually old school games did that they motivate you they didn't have the debt thing which is slightly neater maybe than saying xp for cash uh, but you do have those two elements you become distinct by what you pick up and what you undergo that's your growth but you are motivated to go down by the xp linked to cash very similar to mcdowell's well there's more dave to come but i just wanted to interject there yes it is a very old school style of play and i know there's some debate over whether enter the odd qualifies as osr or not and without getting into all that into the Odd did start out as a hack of OD&D, which is obviously where the ODD of Odd comes from. And it certainly sets out to evoke that style of play, even if it hacks up the rules to such a degree that it's unrecognisable as OSR D&D. But yeah, the debt idea does strike me as being a particularly neat way to spur the characters into adventuring. And of course, I like that because that's an educational insight without wanting to reduce education simply to growth. I said theorists don't like to do that. But there is something there. You know, what motivates the student potentially is something measurable and uh, calculable. They are motivated by, say, exam success, the qualification, the job, the salary at the end. But none of that 
has anything to do with their education. The education that they undergo whilst they are going through that motivated experience towards exam success is something which they couldn't possibly predict. Even their teacher can't predict. It's something which they undergo during that experience, something, something dialogic. So, so that's the reason I quite, I quite like those elements of gaming because they are educational insights. Yeah, thanks for that little insight there, Dave. Uh, and that strikes on something that's very personal to me. I mean, when I was at school, I couldn't have been less motivated by exams. Don't know whether that was tied in with the lack of job prospects or just a reluctance to enter the job market. And what I should have really done was gone into further education, but I had such a, I had such a dislike of the way education had gone for me up to that point that that didn't happen. What did motivate me was a love of learning, and um, and I didn't feel I was getting that from school. I took that into my own hands, but that's another story. Hey Spencer, just one more from me, and this is coming in a funny order, but slot it in where you, in where you want or don't. It just occurs to me that sometimes I am ambiguous when I'm t- whether I'm talking about players or characters. And here is an instance where I think it matters to be precise. So what you've got is that we, the players, we play to see our characters grow and to be surprised by their growth in the various ways that we've talked about. But of course, our characters are not motivated in the same way as us. Our characters explore the dungeons to get gold or to pay off their their debt. Hence, you need those two systems, maybe. XP for gold or the debt to get your characters down into the dungeon so that you, as the player, can observe their surprising growth or enjoy or share in their surprising growth. I could have added that little bit in earlier, but it was an interesting clarification in light of what you said about education and uh, because the same issue I had with my formal education is echoed in my playing style in the motivation I want to give to my characters which obviously feeds into the whole point I was making in my don't talk to me about heroes episode you know my characters I don't find are motivated by cash amassing wealth or becoming more powerful what motivates me as a player is exploration. And I realise I'm I'm not clarifying that particularly well at all. I'm kind of conflating the two. My motivation to play is exploration. I want my characters to be driven by something. But it doesn't interest me to play a character driven by greed or the acquisition of power. For whatever reason, I want my characters to be adventuring out of necessity to a certain extent and i'm not sure why that is i just think that makes for more interesting characters i suppose or maybe i just struggle to put myself in that mindset i'm much more about acquiring information about the world i'm exploring probably more as a player than as a character I don't know. I think I'm confusing myself a little bit here. So uh, I'll stop there. But thank you very, very much for those calls, Dave. They really uh, took care of a large part of this episode. So thanks very much.
or there was just one more thing that you had to say? I love listening to Jason there encouraging you to GM. He sounds like an insistent young lover. <laughs> you know, I can wait because I know when it happens, it will be special. And uh, I'll support you. <laughs> I'll be gentle. <laughs> Hey, Jason here. I would submit that the problem with re-rolling all your hit dice every level is level drain. How do you know how many hit dice to take off when you lose a level if you re-roll them every time? I mean, I guess you could just roll a hit die and take off that many when you have that level drain. So there is a way around it, which means I'm just whining, which wouldn't be anything new. But I just thought I would point that out. Talk to you later. Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast there, and I'm not really sure how to respond. <laughs> Jason, you seem to have solved the problem you presented quite reasonably. I just I wanted to say that I was speaking to somebody about this on the Discord, and I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. I got a feeling it was Barry from uh, Shadow of the GM. If it wasn't. I apologise, but Kevin Crawford's stuff have the same system where you re-roll all your hit dice when you level up, which suggests that there are probably even more systems out there that do the same thing. So, yeah. Hey, Spencer, Jay, just been listening to Don't Talk To Me About Heroes and your question about uh, levelling up, which I know I'm late to the party here, but... There are many games that don't have levelling up mechanics. I just think it's interesting that Mike Mills would even ask the question about, like, you know, should we do it every, every single... I mean, that is a whole different philosophy of gaming. But it's a D&D mindset, and uh, please don't take this the wrong way, but I just feel like there are so many other games that do things differently. I mean, the idea of incremental improvement um, through other mechanisms than levelling, um, obviously, is there. But there are games, right back at the beginning, 1977, Traveller... Um, which you know I'm obsessed with right now, um, that game doesn't have levelling, doesn't have levels, doesn't have anything like that. In fact, characters like do some training, uh, basically they can be studying and doing stuff, and uh, once a year, on their birthday, they get to check to see if they learn something new. How's that for slow progression? Thanks, man. Game on. Jay Webster there of Roleplay Rescue, and uh, thanks for calling in, Jay. Yeah, I couldn't possibly take that the wrong way. You know I'm no real champion of d and I've got my own issues. <laughs> but, but what you were saying about Traveller there really made me chuckle once a year on their birthday. They get to see whether they learn anything new. So it's not actually related to anything the character's doing in session, which is, uh, yeah, I guess that's one way of dealing with it. And I realised that, yeah, I mean, the whole idea of levelling is born out of D&D and there are plenty of games that don't bother with that sort of thing at all. And I just want to say I've really been enjoying listening to you talk about your uh, new obsessions with Traveller and 5e and it's been, uh, yeah, really great listening to Dungeon Master's Diary of late. So thanks for sharing that. Thanks for your call, man.
Spencer. It's Liren. Well, I have to tell you, see, this is where my mothering instincts kick in because I have a son who is on the autism spectrum who only ever wants to do what he's comfortable doing. And he can get really intimidated by things that he isn't familiar with. And I tell him all the time, you will never know if you enjoy something until you actually try it. And I feel that way about RPG games. You can read the book, you can think how it would go, but I don't think you really know until you play it, you know? Like if you had a fun group of players, is there really a game that would be terrible? I mean, okay, maybe there is, but I bet that the right group of people could make any game fun. Matter of fact, I would bet a sum of money on that. Anyways, I had to mother you a little bit. I'm done now. i talk to you soon. Hey, Liren. Liren from Updates from the middle of nowhere there. Um, thank you very much. I really don't mind a bit of mothering. <laughs> as long as it's not coming from my mother. <laughs> um, that's probably a little unfair. I've spoken about my own tendency to, um, well, let, let's just say I would kid myself that I chose the path of least resistance, but essentially I was just, uh, I just wanted to stay in my comfort zone, but um, that's just not a very interesting place to stay. And it's very difficult to really engage with things from there. And it's not until you start embracing challenge that you really begin to learn what's worthwhile but there's plenty of time for that and I'm sure your son will uh, hopefully not take as long as I did to learn that lesson and as for bad games I guess if you've got a good group I guess the rules don't really matter do they unless they're getting in the way of the flow of the game in which case who needs rules and if you are stuck with a lousy set of rules, I guess it's not long before um, before the stuff that's getting in the way just gets dropped and you stick with what works. And if what's left isn't enough, well then, make up your own stuff, I guess. But thank you very much for that message. I think I've got another one. Hey Spencer, Liren again. I can't remember if you have played PBTA games, but... The game that Jeff ran on Monday called Scrappers that we played uh, like one season of is based on Uncharted Worlds, which is a PBTA game. And that's a pretty cool game. I mean, that's a I really enjoyed the rules. I just think that's pretty cool, like the structure of it. And he's been able to mold it to be used for stuff that it wasn't even actually written for. So I don't know if you ever get a chance to try that one. If you like space stuff, that's a fun one, too. Thanks, Liren. Um, Jeff is, uh, well, he's a seasoned GM, isn't he? I'm sure he could make any rule set per like a kitten. But, um, yeah, I've not played PBTA. I've read a few rule sets. And I was actually chatting to Jeff on the audio Discord about what he would recommend because I've struggled with some of the concepts in those games. And um, he recommended uh, Monster of the Week. And that strikes me as something that would work quite well. When I think of PBTA games, they are very much designed to run specific genres, playing with very familiar tropes and that whole kind of 
monster of the week thing strikes me as something that would be very manageable and really lend itself to that. So um, I will certainly make the time to give that a read. Yeah, I was uh, listening to Kevin Madison on a recent episode of Dungeon Musings and he was talking about a PBTA game called Cult that um, he felt did things slightly differently in a way that he much preferred to the way those games are usually set up. And that's what caused me to uh, reach out to Jeff and ask him if he had any recommendations. Also, thanks to Josh Beckelheimer, who jumped into that conversation and uh, gave me a few pointers about things I wasn't too clear on, although they seemed incredibly simple (laughs) when Josh explained them. So thanks for that. Hey Spencer, this is uh, Minion from uh, Confessions of Wee Timorous Bushi. Just calling to say that I think it's really great that you've um, set up a cinema, a local cinema. That's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, all the best with that one. Um, also, just, I mean, it's fairly obvious, but uh, a lot of people I know have only ever played role-playing games and that for many years. It's not really, it's um, not really, there's lots of different niches in the in the game. Um, you don't have to be a GM. And uh, you just shouldn't feel uh, like you're pushed towards that. I mean, there's other ways to collaborate with the GM in creating a world. So, um, yes, no sweat. Just do what what uh, comes naturally and uh, what you feel uh, you need to do at the time. So that's about all I need to say or wanting to say that, rather. So I hope to hear from you soon. Bye-bye now. And that was Menyon or Rob from Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushi. And thanks very much for that call, Rob. Um, firstly, uh, thank you for wishing me luck with the project. That seems to be moving along nicely. Just uh, working on some ideas to promote the launch of it. And as far as, yeah, thoughts of getting involved beyond being a player of RPGs, there are certain set- settings that, you know, really get under my skin and take on a life of their own in my mind. And at the moment with Bastion Land, it really seems to be turning into something that would be a shame not to explore in-game. And yeah, to be able to share that with a bunch of players, I don't know, it's pretty tempting. Anyway, thanks. Hey, Spencer, Jason here. Reference the PDFs. One thing I've started doing is buying, making sure when I do a Kickstarter or something, I buy a physical copy. So maybe I'm more likely to use that. I don't know. Or maybe it just gives me more things to do unboxings for. As far as your ideal game and the characteristics of it, I would love you, I would love to hear you do tell us about that. Take an episode and describe you know, the mechanisms in your favorite game or in your ideal game. 
I'd love to hear that. And who knows, we might be able to recommend a game for you. But if not, maybe we'll design one, right? I think that'd be a fun experiment. And if nothing else, it'd be a fun thought exercise to go through. So Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast there, putting forward a bit of a challenge for me to describe what I'm looking for in my perfect game. So what do I want from a game? So I've spoken about what motivates me as a player and what I want my characters to be motivated by. And I guess what I need to figure out here is am I describing a game that I want to play or a game that I want to run? Ideally, both. But um, what would I want from that game? Um, I want it to be light in rules dark in tone um, I want the character stats to count for something I want low powered characters but capable characters certainly in performing tasks that their background or profession or whatever suggests they are good at I want consequences for actions I want failure to be meaningful. Combat is swift and decisive. Not necessarily the focus of the game. I don't want golden glory. I want gout and doubt. <laughs> um, that's probably overstating it. Grit and gonzo? Magic. I want magic to be wild, dangerous unpredictable, corrupting, and anyone in their right mind would not be messing with it at all. I want the world to be full of mystery, uncharted territory, and I want entering a dungeon to be a scary business. The nature of monsters isn't known to the characters, so it's not going to be a world populated by orcs and goblins and, I mean, that stuff's there. But they're not like, you know, annoying neighbours. And also, if this is something that I'm running, I want monsters, enemies, challenges to be easy to create. Now, all this kind of, for me, this is sort of pointing in a particular direction to a game that I purchased that I've yet to really sit down and read Best Left Buried. But I've heard such kind of mixed feedback from people who've played the game suggesting the rules really need to be edited, hasn't really been tested, and that has sadly put me off of getting stuck into it. Which is one reason why... I found Trophy Gold so appealing. It's something with a very similar tone. But it appears to be a raw set that has really been play-tested and honed and it's clearly presented and I can see what it's doing. Despite the fact the rules might be simplified to such a degree that there are levels of abstraction in there which I'm not entirely comfortable with. But 
if I can look at it and see what it's doing and understand what those rules are in there for, their purpose, then that strikes me as a game that I can make work for me. There are a lot of little things about it that I mentioned in my overview that really, really appeal to me. So there you go, that's it. Obviously, there's Into the Odd, Electric Bastion Land, which is my, you know, it's just the thing that's been begging me to play it ever since I first came across it. But I'd like to explore that in another episode. But thanks very much for that inspiring call, Jason. Hi Spencer, it's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. You know, you mentioned musicals on Rob's podcast, Down in a Heap, and it made me think about the fact that I have not seen that Elton John uh, musical yet. I really need to watch that. I've heard good things about it. I mean, I've heard it's pretty intense, but I have heard good things about it. But I really, you know, (laughs) I have to tell you, and I'm not brave enough to say this on Rob's podcast, but... I just sometimes daydream about spending a day as if I was in a musical. Like whenever I have strong feelings about something, just bursting out in song about it. You know, like, I don't know. I guess I want to do that for one day of my life before I die. And like, it's funny to me because I feel like I would never say that on Rob's podcast because I think to him that would be the true definition of torture. Anyways, have a good one. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your calls. If you want to leave a message, please click the anchor link in the description. Or if you prefer to contact me by email, there's a link there to spencer.freethrawl at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, MeWe, Instagram as Freethrawl. There's a Keep Off the Borderlands Facebook page. Also in that episode description, you'll find a link to T.J. Drennan's Patreon, who provides all the wonderful music. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, T.J. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.